Well, here I am with a special edition of the Conversations with Jeff Buckton podcast. Uh, I have with me the Jeffs. I have with me Jeff Lucido. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thanks. I have with me also Jeff Sharda. And Jeff, how are you? I'm also well, thank you. Oh, that's fantastic. Why is everybody named Jeff here? Not just here in our table. There's another Jeff in the room right now. Yeah. I, like I, I've never been anywhere with so many Jeffs. Well, I'm Italian, and my parents wanted to give me a nice Italian first name. So, Jeff. What? That's not Italian. <laughs> it's very close. We made Isn't it Italian it around the table. We call me, I'm Jeffredo. Jeffredo. Yes. I got it. Sharda, why? why? You know, the, the Dutch roots, I think, also have a lot of Jeff in them. Do Maybe. They? No. I'm named Jeff because my, sis, my oldest sister had a crush on a boy in a cl- her class who was named Jeff. And your parents they were like, thought that was great. We got nothing better. So they, <laughs> they named me Jeff. I feel like my Jeff is not as important or valuable as your Jeff's. You guys have mm. like have like background, you know, the substance. S- the story I heard is my parents wanted to name me Ryan, Greg, or Jeff. They put the three names in a hat at the hospital. They drew uh, Jeff and didn't like it, so they put it back, and then they drew it again, and it came up Jeff. And they're like, well, it's Lord's will. And there we are. He w- we wouldn't be here. Providence. No. No. <laughs> Look where it's led you, Jeff. All right, so anyway, uh, I have to call you Sharda and Lucido uh, because that's because I'm the only one who gets to have the name Jeff. It's my podcast, and that's how it that's how we're playing this today. Um, we are here because you guys are actually part of our finance uh, committee, and uh, we are shamelessly plugging our finance committee. Actually, I wanted to chat with you guys about um, finance and stuff and where the church is at and things. One of the things we've been trying to do over the last while is to get keep people more updated regarding what the church's finances are um, instead of waiting till November 30th to tell everybody, oh, by the way, we need $2 million. Um, not that that won't happen again, but... Right. But we wanted to keep updated and stuff and also give you some people an idea as to what it's like to be finance people at, at a church and what the more the money goes. Because nobody knows, right? Like, why does it cost so much money to run Harvest in particular and stuff? So I got a bunch of questions about that. <clears throat> Before we do that, though, Lucido, where are where, you? You're Italian. Are you fr- like, tell me your background. Where are you from? I, I grew up uh, in Hoffman Estates. So I've lived that here. Italian yeah. metropolis. My uh, grandparents' parents uh, snuck in from Italy and came into New Orleans, so they're Cajun Italians, and wow. uh, there was eight of them, and they sent my grandpa up to Chicago to make some money for the other seven siblings. Wow. And he and, stayed. Uh, he stayed, and so my parents were raised in Chicago, and I was raised in the suburbs, and I probably live a couple miles now from where I actually grew up. Do you, do you love it? Oh, um, Pause. No, I would love to live in Arizona, but is it just is that because uh, of your picture in your mind of Arizona? My grandparents <laughs> retired out there, so I spent my summers in Arizona as a oh kid. My word. And, and you I thought like dry heat. I'm like a like an iguana. And you thought the summers in Arizona, yeah, <laughs> that's what drew you. I'm always cold, okay, so man, it helps me. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been in that area around uh, Arizona in the summer, and I'll tell you what, she's uh, she's a warm one. You have a family. I do. I've uh, been married almost 19 years. Congratulations. And we have uh, four kids, 12, 10, 8, and 6, three girls and a boy. 
Oh, right at the end there, you you, you came through with the with the the, the football slash baseball slash soccer. I don't know what what what's your son's thing. He anything? He is exploring that. He thinks it's going to be wrestling. Good. And he's in the one percentile for weight. So I'm trying to explain <laughs> to him. I think we should pick something else. <laughs> son, do you want to get beat up every time? Yeah. For now, he does. But in well, his weight awesome class, now. he could. He could be the champ, right? Yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to be wrestling like kindergartners. That's <laughs> great. In eighth grade. <laughs> great. So you're really like, like uh, you're a, really a girl dad. Yeah. So when you see those videos and stuff, that's like, you feel that. That's me. That's fantastic. They're at 12. So we're, we haven't. What's, what's been your experience so far? Well, you, you're six year old. Is that your son? He's eight. Eight. So, uh, What's been your experience with the differences of, in raising those children through the years that you've had to raise them? Yeah, I think uh, they don't wrestle, <laughs> and they, they do uh, a lot of crafts. Yeah, they they uh, there's not a lot of roughhousing, and I forgot that like if I don't like throw a ball around, they're not going to actually learn how to catch. I just thought you just naturally yeah yeah learn how to do That's stuff. Right. So then I like throw something to one of them and hits them. Yeah, but we're trying basketball now. Cool. The two oldest girls are in basketball, and so coaching. You're the coach. No, no. Well, I'm coaching from the side. I'm coaching uh, from yeah, the other side. <laughs> I'm telling them all the things the coach is doing wrong. So I guess it's coaching. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, no, that, that's what every parent does, right? There used to be signs in the gym where uh, where we used to live that said that's, that we're right in front of the parents' stuff that said, yeah. let the coach coach the game. I was always like, that's pretty appropriate. Yeah, we're like on the way to the game, and I'm saying, all right, you got to do this. Like, no, coach says to do this. I said, I don't care what the coach says. I'm telling you, do this. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they're getting benched. <laughs> that's great, though. Sharda, are you, uh, you, 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 how old are you? <laughs> wow. That's a, I, you're actually that, kind a, of eternally 40, I think. I'll take that. No, you are. I, I, every time uh, people have asked me, how old is Jeff Sharda? And I'm, I'm always like, I don't know, 40? 40. Take it. It's good. I'm a little bit over that. But not much. Not a lot. No. 44. And you're a cyclist. 44. You're, you're a big cyclist. I do like cycling. Lucida, are you a cyclist? Um, I'm 44. Okay. You're <laughs> the same age. <laughs> and you're a big, uh, Sharda, you're a big, you're a big cyclist. I do. Like I, you ride all over the place. It's very fun. It is very R fun. Riding to the office is very fun. Well, you live right on the Fox River Trail. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that Pretty makes great. things a little bit easy. It's a gift for sure. It is. Yeah. Uh, and how often would you ride your bike? In the summer, I would probably five times a week. Nice. This time. And what year? is a normal ride for you? Like if you're going to go, if you're just going to go out and you say, all right, this is the average, not like I am really going for it today yeah. or like this is a light one, but maybe 20 miles. Okay. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. We should ride together. No, we shouldn't Jeff, because <laughs> your 20 miles will be done far sooner than mine would be done. Well, we although start Jeff, together. I got to tell you something. I, okay. I, I decided that I have such horrible mental health that I need to go back to doing some of the things that I used to do that helped me, my mental health. And one of the things I used to commute on my bike all yeah. the time, but I live a distance away from, uh, especially our algae campus. When I say distance, I mean, if I take the freeway, it's, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Right. But 
if I take, but back roads, it takes, you know, it, it much longer. And my scooter takes like an hour to do it. Yeah. So I was like, how can I do this? And so I decided I'm, I got an e-bike. Oh yeah. And this e-bike, I haven't, I don't have it right now. It's being shipped. This e-bike goes up to 28 miles an hour, unless you take the little governor thing off of it. <laughs> and then it goes like as fast as kind of you can go. So I'm kind of excited about this. So here's the thing. I could probably now ride with you. <laughs> and it's not one of those e-bikes that sit up straight, you know, like I got this because I'm really old. It's it's actually a gravel e-bike. So it looks like a real bike. It's, so you're going to really trick some people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially they're, you're driving a car now. So hopefully that helps. They're going to be saying <laughs> when they drive by, when they drive by me, how can somebody that fat be going that fast? <laughs> Without pedaling. <laughs> That's right. Why? He must be in the most amazing gear. How is he going 30 miles an hour uphill? <laughs> you I know what's sad it. about it? So I looked online to try to figure out what the, what, like, who, here's some reviews for the different ones. I did a lot of research on this. And so I, what are the different reviews? And uh, most of the reviews are from like 70 year old men who are like, my back finally gave out. And so I decided that I'd get an e-bike. And, I, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm 51. <laughs> So now I have a scooter, which I will still keep riding, and and I have an e-bike. Lots of battery toys. Oh, my word. It's ridiculous. Yes. Uh, so I'm very thankful, though, that the Lord has provided an <laughs> e-bike for me. It w- it, they're expensive, and so I really hesitated for a long time doing it. So saved my shekels, and here we are. I will tell you, cycling is very good for my mental health, too. Yes. You know, so. It's always been really great for mine. And I used to ride in the rain, I mean, because where I live. It rained all the time. So mm-hmm. I used to ride in the rain. I got all the, all the dumb gear for the rain. And I could, I used to be able to ride in the rain and not have, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be wet at all except for sweat underneath. And I, yeah. So. Some play pickleball, some ride bikes. Yeah. You pickleball? I play, I play some pickleball. All right. Do you know there's like places for pickleball now? The pickle house. I'm. They know me there. All right. Well, this podcast brought to you. Jeffrey Pickle. By the Pickle House. <laughs> hey, um, Jeff, Sharda, you have a uh, wife. How yep. many kids? Four kids. Four kids. Yep. And uh, so the Dutch and the Italians, pretty much the same in terms of their progeny and numbers. Very, very close, except we're a little reversed. We've got a, a boy and then three girls. Well, that's great. Yeah. And uh, what kinds of things take up your time? Do they, do you, do they play uh, sport or piano or guitar? Or, like, do they do stuff outside the home? Or is it, is it lo- largely, no, they just, they just like to play in the neighborhood and stuff? Uh, yes to all of that. We have a tennis player. We have a couple girls that do dance. We have some library volunteers. Um, and they love the neighborhood. That's great. Mm, yeah. Do they get the dance uh, bug from you? You know... It is. It's deep in my genes, but thankfully yeah, they the do Dutch. not get it from me. The Dutch are well known for their. Uh, you wear the clogs while you're dancing. Yeah, yeah. the wooden shoes. Yeah, yes. Wooden shoes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, guys, you you are both. Uh, now, let's see. I don't know if you are you an accountant. No, no, you're not an accountant. So there's only one accountant in the room. That's Sharda. They and asked me to join because they didn't want it to be all accountants. When we say join, uh, the way that it, this works is that there is a, uh, a committee that is, it's, it's sort of under the elder board, but kind of independent from the elder board. That's yeah. not the right way to say it. They, they're under the leadership of the elder board, but they make 
recommendations to the elder board. Uh, and that group is called the finance committee slash whatever stewardship committee, yeah. that kind of thing. And so there's a, a group of men and women who are sitting in a room trying to, they tell math jokes and <laughs> try to figure out what Bitcoin is. And, uh, you guys, yeah. you guys give advice regarding the budgets regarding like, how can we finance, uh, you know, refinance some of the loans? What would that look like if we, this, it, like what, what kinds of amounts of money would we require if we sold this property? It's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's five members from five, uh, different campuses and we meet right now on a monthly basis right. and it's, we're a sounding board and there's a few staff members and a couple elders on that team and they'll bring different situations to us and, we try to have an eclectic uh, grouping of skills from people that do uh, retirement planning and finance planning to accounting. My background's just in business leadership mm -hmm. and uh, try to take all those to make recommendations. We were formed five years ago. We used to meet every Monday. Oh, my. I told my wife we would meet once a month, and then I got to the first meeting. I said, we need to meet every week. So we would meet every week for... I think six months. And these were like three or four hour meetings. Yeah. And uh, our initial charter was just to restore trust to the congregation. And so that there was people that were members that were looking at everything and helping make decisions and be a sounding board. So for those who were kind of new to harvest, the reason that, that, that you needed to restore trust is because there were some questions about some of the financial. Yeah. There's uh, just a lot of talk about finances and the church and debt and yeah. just, whether or not there was some transparency into the different offices of leadership and things like that. Yeah. And we had lost the leader and it was just, yeah, the church needed some help. So they, I'm, I'm asking that because this is a, I mean, it's a, such a healthy move for any church, regardless of what it is that their past is. But in this particular case, it's really been driven by a desire to have the finances put in the hands of people, lay people who get to have a, uh, can peer into it. Like Jeff, I mean, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, people who are listening to this, if they wanted to have any information about the finances of Harvest Bible Chapel, they could easily have it now. Yep. Yeah. They Fincom can, yep. at harvestbiblechapel.org. Yep. You send an email and one of us will get back to you. Correct. Yep. Sit down with you, set up a time. But we were really yep. encouraged when we started at the transparency. The elders and the staff just said, Nothing's off limits. Ask us any question. Ask us for anything. You can have it. And we, we tested that many times, and it, it held true. So yeah. sometimes it's just the congregations knowing that there are people that can ask questions, and it's just that accountability. Yeah. I, I, the reason I, I'm kind of asking it because or talking about it because I, I've met people who still, I think, carry a, this opinion about harvest or large churches in general that – Oh, they're just, they're hidden behind this, you know, wall of secrecy. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not been my experience here. Yeah. And a lot of it's in response to the fact that maybe there was a time where that was the case. And I think the church as a whole would say, yeah, that probably was the case at one point, but it's certainly not now. Right. We, we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we post our annual audit on the website every year. Okay. I know a lot of people probably don't know that, but that's actually a helpful place to start and then actually Quarterly, we also put up just an update. A dashboard. Yeah, for people to see, hey, where's the general fund? How are we looking? Yeah. Um, we, we certainly want as much information out there as we can um, without maybe overloading people. You wouldn't be offended, though, if someone contacted you? No, that'd be great. Yeah. The questions are welcome. Yeah. yeah. 
So even we, I mean, one of the things we do is we go to these, uh, we do town halls mm-hmm. that both of you guys have been involved in. Sure. From, and there's always somebody from the finance committee at the town halls and usually uh, Sharda here as well. Um, not always, but right. it, you know, when you can make it, you're, you're there. And the questions about finance are super welcome yeah. in front of everybody and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Nothing's, Absolutely. nothing's off limits still. Yeah. I want to say too, when these guys, when this committee f- started about five years ago and, and Lucido mentioned, I mean, there was, it was weekly meetings. Um, there was a season early on in 2019 where, where we, those meetings were, are we going to make payroll <laughs> next, next payroll? And it was um, close. It was very close. And um, I'll say thank you to you, Jeff Lucido, as well as the rest of the team that was there to help kind of navigate the ship as we, uh, as we went through those, those waters. And, um, and yet so, you always did. Yeah. And the Lord provided. The Lord sometimes brought you to the edge of the little cliff there so you could peer over. Yep. Oh, look at that. It's the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> We were on our knees a lot. Yeah, and then he brought then yeah. and but he's answered all all of those prayers and continues to, which is why you know talking about the finances and stuff for us is not. I mean, when you've been to the precipice and you've come back, you're right. you're like, yeah, yeah, we have big needs. We always seem to have big needs, but yep. uh, the Lord's going to take care of it. But we He's going to take care of it usually through His people. Yeah, um, it, seems, it just seems to be the way the Lord works in all the ways, right? He just wants to empower the people to be uh, faithful and generous with what things that they that they have. So along, along those lines, I wanted to chat with you guys. We've got a few subjects here that I wanted to chat with you about. Um, the first one is actually about kind of some of the recent history with harvest. Um, what are you excited about that God has done regarding, uh, his provision for the church over the last little while? You mentioned Charlotte, that the, you mentioned that it's the, um, the, um, sorry, I wasn't listening. No, I was listening. The words (laughs) just escaped. I'm used to that. (laughs) Um, <laughs> now you mentioned how we get to the precipice and the payroll and things like that. Are there other stories or things that you've seen the Lord provide in, in those ways? Yeah, uh, I, I, there's many. In fact, uh, we've even talked to the finance committee that we really should probably write a book um, if we could remember them all. But I, just a few in recent history, um, as as many will be aware or remember, we Harvest has a pretty sizable um, debt load. Yeah. Uh, at one point it was up to almost 70 million. It's mostly incurred through buildings, right? Yes. Yeah, the park. 100%. Which by the way, where I where I came from, uh this was like the biggest challenge that churches had was finding buildings that could that they could be in. We when we were doing church planning, I honestly had so many conversations on trying to figure out how it is that we can get buildings for campuses or these sorts of things and so when I came to Harvest, I was like, "This actually is a blessing, yeah, <laughs> to have a building for each for each campus. Uh, very, very much a blessing." The challenge, of course, is that the debt load was assuming that the church was going to be a certain size and the giving was going to be a certain level, and then COVID, of course, and and the the history with the the turnover and leadership and all that kind of stuff caused some challenges. Yeah, it has. And to 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 even say though that we're still here today and we have today right around 29 million of debt um, I look at that and I, I see two things I go wow the Lord has brought us so far from where we were uh, but also that's a lot of debt yeah and depending on when you came to harvest or what how, how much information you've had about that in the past is your reaction so somebody's yeah. new at harvest is like wait what right. 20 million yeah. dollars in debt but yeah. other people like you've been here for a while or 
see you know, you've been here for a while. You guys are like, oh, dude, it was like seventy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is we're wet. We're less than half now. Yeah, and and even just in the last year, um, we have currently two lending partners, and both of them have uh, have really come alongside us in ways that I would say the Lord had to show up to make that happen. So what was going on that made that the case? Yeah. So about two years ago, we had uh, a $30 million chunk of that debt that was, that was coming due. Um, and the current lender was unable to refinance that. And so um, we had to either pay it or find somebody else to help us pay it. Right. So then you're going to try to get a loan. Yes. And you're, you know, with through COVID and everything, yeah, there's certain things the bank wants to look at before they give you thirty million dollars, yep. and you're thinking they might not like what they see, right? So how is this going to work? Yeah, yeah, because the, uh, I mean, <laughs> COVID shrunk churches, yeah, and I mean churches had less giving and had less all those things, and add on top of that the fact that right before COVID, harvest a year before COVID, the thirty year senior pastor left, and so. I mean, it's not a great bet. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, if you're looking at it just as an as in an in a an objective way, you're like as a loan officer sitting behind his desk at the whatever Chase. You're like, right. mm, I don't know. And if a yeah. church goes under and doesn't pay, what does the bank get? They get a big church. What are yeah. they going to do with that? Yeah. Well, they, maybe so they don't. You know, it's not like they get a house or something that they feel is marketable. So that adds to the complexity it, of it. They don't generally like to foreclose on churches either, right? Because right. that's not a that's not a fun news article to hit the headlines. No. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, about two years ago, uh, a partner came along, um, Christian Financial Resources, and we, we refer to them as CFR. Um, they said, "Hey, let's take a look at this," and and they eventually came through and said, "Yep, we're willing to take that loan." Uh, and be a partner with you. Dude, I remember the day you texted that to me. It was kind of out of the, not out of the blue. We were praying about it. Yeah. But you know how you sometimes pray for stuff and you're like, yep. oh, Lord, this is America. I mean, I don't even, because everybody you talked to who was in finance, they would be like, dude, this is, nobody. I mean, the, we're just not a great looking bride at the moment. And this CFR ministry, they came along, met with us. Yep. Most of their questions, Jeff, for me anyway, and for you, we're like, they were ministry focused. Yeah. They were like, what do you guys, you know, what do you want to do? And it's like, right. well, we want to see the kingdom grow. And you want to plant churches and we see leaders developed. And they were like, yeah, we're into that. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was more based upon, a, you know, a, a, a consonance, a, an agreement on vision yeah. and the ministry more than it was a financial conversation. Yeah. I mean, they're not a bank, right? It, they are actually a ministry and... This is what they do is invest in churches. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I got, I'll say this too. I mean, if you look at our interest rate today compared to what interest rates are in the market, um, we're a little below 6%. Yeah. And you can't find that interest rate. Anymore. If I go and want to get a loan for a house today, what is it? Six, seven? I think you're probably closer to seven or eight. Yeah. Wow. Which is amazing. <laughs> and I yeah. would say generally church loans would be higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, by the way, you, there's ways for you to uh, put money in with CFR and get like a 5 6% return right now. And I always want to make sure that people know that. Um, yeah. It's not advertising so much for them. is that we, we actually believe in the kind of ministry they're doing. And it is a ministry. Yeah. 
So you can put money, you, you can find out about it on their website. What is it? CFR.com? CFRministry.org. CFRministry.org. And you can just pop up there and you can find out all the information you need yeah. about that. Yeah. Lucia, do you have any, like, as you look back, do you have any, like, memories of? Yeah, I think there's, a, you know, we think about Camp Harvest. Mm-hmm. And we, we look at, on the Finance Committee, we're looking at Harvest Christian Academy. We're looking at Vertical Worship. We're looking at Harvest Bible. We're looking. We were looking at the camp. So we're reviewing the finances of all that. So I think just the what's transpired with the camp and us being able to still use it and send kids there, mm-hmm. but not have to maintain staff and maintain the facility and it being used for broader ministry. I mean, that's really cool and it helped financially. Yes. Um, and then with the, it wasn't the highest price that you probably could have gotten. Do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know. I yeah, sometimes you, you look at things and say, well, this is worth a lot. Well, it's it's worth as much as someone's going to give you for it. Yeah. And the more someone has to develop and do to it, the less it's worth. Yeah. And there's different ways properties are zoned. And it's just the way you're going to get the most for that property, I think, was for it to be used as a camp. And the people who gave it originally, that was their that was their intention. Right. And that was part of our conversation is like, all right, there's the financial side of it, but we're also like, on a finance committee that is part of a church. And that's actually harder. I think for some of us that don't work in the church, you're just like, well, we could do this. We, and you're like, but how do we honor what the people that gave it, yeah. gave it to us. So it's still a camp. So it's still a camp. And not only that, it's a flourishing camp. And, uh, uh, Jeff, another Jeff. Andrew <laughs> Geeson. And nice. he's done a great job with it. And they, they're flourishing and, I just think it's so cool yeah. how it turned out. And it was, I mean, we were spending an enor- a, quite a lot of money on it, weren't we? Every yep. month and stuff. And so yeah. that it was kind of, I wouldn't want to say we're bleeding money or anything, but it was a cost to us that was right. really high. And so him taking that cost off of the hands and yet we still have the freedom to use it. It was almost like a, I, I don't know. I, when I found out about it, I was like, I, I don't think I could have wished for something better than that. Yeah, it's pretty great. If and especially if you look at it as a kingdom from a kingdom perspective, um, it's remained a camp. It's even kind of cool. They've kept the same name, yeah, Camp, camp Harvest, Harvest um, and it's still doing great camp ministry. Yeah, but it provided some financial relief to us and yeah. one less, you know, property and ministry to manage that was three hundred miles away. Yeah. yeah. So we had we had that we had everything with City Line, which was Harvest Niles yep. that went through. There was a lot going on there, and that really worked out. They planted now City Line was yeah one of our campuses. Yep. And then uh, Pastor Mo, Pastor Mo said, "Hey, part of the plan always was for us to be kind of launched as our own church." And so when was it during COVID that you guys were just prior to that? Just just yeah. prior to yeah. Yeah, and you guys yeah. were in, in the moment actually at Harvest is having some of its hardest challenges. You were, I mean, I find that fascinating. You're launch, you're like church planting right at the same time that <laughs> yeah. all the other stuff's going on. But that, I mean, the finances and stuff yeah, involved. Yeah, them in getting that. then being able to get their finances in order to then buy the property, yep. and we had equity in that, and that we were able to use that to help Reduce. sustain us. So I think that's just like another cool story. And then the last thing I would say is, there's a lot of stories of expenses we should have had and we talk about in, in our monthly meetings it's like do we have any uh, significant planned expenditures you know we ask the yep. staff and it's always like yeah there's this uh boiler at one of these places you know oh how much is the boiler two thousand uh no it's like nine hundred thousand dollars you're like what it's <laughs> quite a boiler <laughs> yeah and it's like all right well 
what are our other options? Well, it could maybe not break or it could make it through another season. So there's like things yep. where we thought we'd have to spend money and we haven't, mm-hmm. or you could just do some maintenance on it. Yeah. Yep. And the Lord's sustained that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It and it seems like uh, every once in a while, there's a bunch of costs that come up and we all, I mean, I'm in lead team meetings and we look at each other like, oh, I don't, I don't know how that's right. going to work. But we're getting to the point where it's like, yeah, well, the, it's the Lord's boiler. So, so what's, it is the Lord's boiler. Yeah, yes. It's the Lord's boiler. It's the Lord's uh, chiller. It's yep. the Lord's building. It's the Lord's garage. It's the Lord's, it's all, I mean, it's the Lord's. And if he wants us to have it in a particular way, then we will. If not, it's okay. Beautiful perspective. For the well, it's church. freeing, right? Yeah. At, at some point or another, you just kind of uh, surrender to, well, I think it's, I think it's what's meant when we say that Jesus is our hope and not the finance. Mm-hmm. We just say, well, Jesus, I mean, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so if he wants us to have some of the, some of the cattle, we'll have them. Yep. And if he doesn't, then we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Yep. And it's never what you expect. Right. But then when it happens, it's kind of like, wow, that worked out really better than I thought it would. Yeah. And it's not just like a hands off, like, well, it's, you know, it's like, well, if, he gave us a couple of cattle, like mm-hmm. we want to brush their hair and yeah. feed them and yeah. make sure we're taking care of them best we can. But in the end, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yep. He's the one who sustains them all. That's great. Um, also one of the things just personally, uh, I'm, I've been here. This is my, a bit. well, this was my third, uh, year, year change, end. right? So 21, 22, 22, 23, 23, 24. So, uh, and each year we've had need and each year, the mm-hmm. church has come through uh, in cool ways, uh, <laughs> just making requests and things. And just, I, I can't, uh, I mean, I'm not excited. Nobody gets excited when you're like, hey, we need this much money. And then you're like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> but at the same time, you're kind of like, well, I just wonder what the Lord's going to do this mm-hmm. time and how he's going to do it. And we've had to make cuts and things like that along the yeah. way. And that's been uh, challenging too. But at the same time, Again, it's it's been faith growing for me. Yeah. Um, but speaking about all those needs and stuff, that's kind of the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Was, uh, so we are, let's see, six weeks into the new year, 2024. And, and usually I what happens... Right 2023 sometimes. <laughs> usually what happens at the beginning of New Year's is, uh, I mean, at every church and every ministry, is people really sacrifice at the end of the previous year to meet budget, and then the beginning of the next year is like... Yeah. And you get behind the eight ball, which of course I think we're we're sort of experiencing as well. Yep. Right yep. now, uh, that's not why we're doing this this right. podcast. We're going to try to do these throughout the year, and yep. and maybe the next time we'll be like, we have tons of money, we're paying off tons of debt, and praise God for all of that. And we can talk about other stuff. But um, as far as the budget this year, can you guys talk to me a little bit uh, about what the additions have been in the budget, uh, why those decisions were made? Why I don't have, uh, you know, why did why why my bike wasn't purchased by Sharda, stuff like that. We did decline that purchase. That's we? true. Interesting. <laughs> did he, he didn't think about it? Any significant yeah. planned expenses? I said. I said. So yeah. would you be interested in helping me on that? Nope. <laughs> I didn't ask, and I never would. I'm kidding. We appreciate that. I think <laughs> you. I think the main increase, right, is. When we got this um, opportunity with CFR, yep. they also, in addition, were like, there's an option where you could just make interest-only payments for the first year. And we were like, wow, we could use another year as we we're, you know, yeah. still 
explaining the vision and building the church and uh, that has ended. So now we're making principal payments. The good news is we're paying down the debt to the tune of almost a million dollars a year. Uh, But to do that, you can take a million divided by 12 and realize, you know, that's a significant amount of money that's added to the budget. So where's that money going? It's not optional. (laughs) No. So that money is not uh, going to interest though. We already were paying the interest. Correct. So this so extra going money, to principal, you're, yeah. you're you're we're paying down. So it'd be the sa- it's basically the same as giving money to a general budget. Yeah. Am I right? Like yeah, essentially, it's like well, yeah, we'd have to use the budget to pay it down anyway. So when you're giving money to this and we pay it down, it's the same as right, just right. general giving anyway. So assuming we don't see any other efforts on paying down debt by the end of this year. We will be below twenty eight million. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yes. Just yeah. by doing the which, which we wanted just by making our monthly payments. Yep. And we're still actively involved in trying to address some of that need. I mean, we've told people before that our our properties and stuff are are um, some are being marketed in some ways, and by that I mean like the the Elgin campus to try to figure out ways that we can actually because that's a, that's probably our most expensive. Yep. building and so we're trying to figure out some ways to make that work and there's uh, there's like 10 different ways that that might work out and yep. ways that sometimes come upon us that are like oh that's different and so we're just praying that the lord will do that um so we're we're hoping that that whole thing could be paid off in one big chunk and we'd still have all the things that we need that's what we're praying for anyway yep but if not then over time we will keep and every time we pay off Every time we pay off money in the principal, our our uh, dude, I'm I'm out our of my interest here. You two are looking at me like, okay, dude, just get what out of the he pool. Gonna say? <laughs> get out of the pool. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, the interest, interest stuff down. comes down. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. More of the principal as a percent of. What's I took being algebra in college. Time. That was the last class I took. In. <laughs> anyway, we go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Maybe we should move on from this part. (laughs) (laughs) So, so one other thing. So we have this uh, principal payment. That's what one new change. And also like, there's a couple different loans. So maybe you could Jeff just explain like, so we got that one loan refinanced, right? Which was like 23 million. Mm -hmm. We're talking about 29 million is like the total. So there is another loan that over it's it's part of the Rolling Meadows. They do something called cross collateralization. Oh, nice! It's a big word. Do you learn that in algebra? No. Okay. Where groups of properties okay. are put together so that there's a value, and then there's a loan on those. So one yeah. of those, maybe you could just talk through the impact of that this year to the budget. Yeah, that's good. So the we have a loan that is specifically actually tied to the Rolling Meadows campus, um, and that loan is today at about five point six million. Um, we have to get that down by November uh, to about 4.8 million. So that's another impact on the budget is we're saying, hey, we have to basically pay a, an additional debt 900. Yeah, to, I'll say, appease the lender. Um, and this is a different lender than CFR. Um, so we owe that money in November, which will then basically allow that loan to continue on. Um, at its current status. And, and again, I'll say that loan is also at a very favorable term. Um, we're paying six, six and a quarter percent on that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely to our best interest to 
carry this loan forward um, and make that additional payment. Yeah, so all in, I mean, it's $1.9 million going yeah. towards principal this year. Yeah, which is yes. some money that we didn't have to. Right. That, it's just completely in, on top of what we were required right. to do last year. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's part of a, you know, we looked at the budget. The budget overall, we've uh, set the top line to grow by 6% for the budget to sort of make sense. Yeah. Um, so that loan piece is one part of it. Exactly. So that's like the building. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, just employees. Yeah. And I mean, it's been wild being on the finance committee and, and sitting here and we'll say, all right, it's the end of the year. You know, what's the, what's the increase you're going to give to employees? Cause we're doing it in our own businesses mm-hmm. and they're saying numbers and we're like, really? I don't <laughs> think they're, no, that doesn't, they're all going to quit, you know? And they're like, <laughs> they actually aren't doing it for the money. Yeah, and we're yeah. like, I mean, so it sort of blows us away. But at some point, you're like, I, I really appreciate that. But we got to make sure we're like taking yeah. care of the people and right. compensating them appropriately. Yeah. Um, so there's some stuff in there where like, we got to stop this. Like, yep. yeah. And our HR uh, director, Julie, has been fantastic at like mm-hmm. doing a lot of market analysis and stuff like that. Yeah. And so um, she's identified a number of, I mean, there are a number of, like the bulk of positions were are are very much on the at, right at the market. Yeah. Um, but there are others that were like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. that that's that's low. And uh, so we we've tried to increase those this last year, which is a hard time to do it, Jeff. It's very hard, right? Because when you have one point nine million dollars that you're trying to do, there's a temptation to say, well, we should wait till the following year. Why didn't we wait? Because it's uh, candidly, we we said, hey, what do we what do we need to do to take care of the people here uh, while also doing effective ministry while also meeting our obligations? So to me, it's, it's a little bit of a three-legged stool. You have to do all three of those things. Um, you can't just pick one. Um, kind of like at home, you know, you got you to buy your groceries and you also have to pay your mortgage and your utilities. And mm-hmm. hopefully you have some dollars set aside still to do some fun things with the family. Um, so we want to make sure we're kind of well-rounded and, and able to care for people. Yeah. And so we've uh, chosen to, because we thought it was the right thing to do, to increase some of those salaries, um, which is awesome and fantastic and really uh, helps out. I mean, that money's going directly to people who are serving yeah. us. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, from our perspective, a little behind the scenes, we've worked and we've created these things called pay bands. So if you think about a rubber band, and it's like we've identified all the positions and there might be like all these different layers of positions. And then there's a band. Let's say it's from two to eight. So if you're doing this job, you can be between the two and an eight. But those are actual numbers of salaries. And then Julie does a great job making sure like, all right, for the role, what is the band in the market? What's the market rate? And are we somewhere in there? And based on your experience, you might be at a higher end or a lower end. But like if people are significantly out of their band, we just didn't feel right about that. Right. And then part of our audit process is people on the finance committee audit that staff is actually yeah. following the band and that the band is set appropriately so that congregants can have, you know, just confidence. Right. That what, what, how that is the market, happening? that the market and the comparables and stuff are driving yeah. those forces. Yeah. yeah. That it's not just, it's not just feeling. Picked. Yeah. And it's not cherry picked like, Hey, we know this church down in such and such and they're paying this and it's so out of whack compared yeah. to everybody else. It's actually, She's like using so many churches as comparables yep. and stuff. And so it's really been, I mean, it's been very, very helpful. This, by the way, is a, yeah, there are people from time to time uh, who will ask questions like this. And I have pointed them to the, the, the finance committee and 
like if you ever had any thoughts about any of that, you can ask them questions Absolutely. regarding what that that whole process looks like. It's kind of detailed, yeah. But it's uh, like having seen it, I get I have a lot of confidence in what you guys what you guys are doing. Um, and the last part of that six percent is the there's an increase in like. <laughs> Like there has to be money for ministry yeah. too. And that's one of the challenges that Harvest has because we have so much, uh, you know, we're asset rich, but cash poor, is that what we call it? Yeah. Dude, I just did fair. that. That's good. Was it good? It sounds, that's really good. Building rich. Oh. Maybe. In okay. Cash poor. But yes. Well, buildings, assets. I See, Lucy, I yeah. like you. You're, you're, you're trying to give me some you grace on this. Yeah. And Charlotte's like, well, you kind of need to stop talking. I mean, you got an e-bike. <laughs> it's for his mental health. Yes. Exactly. Don't you understand this? <laughs> okay. But yes, we didn't have, I mean, like it, at the first pass, it was like, yeah, we, we, if we do all these things, it's going to be really hard for us to actually have any money. We got to cut back the ministry budgets, but you guys on the finance committee, when you saw that, were like, mm. well, there's a lot of like advice out there, right? You have Dave Ramsey, you have, uh, Ron Blue, Rich Blue, Ron Blue, somebody yep. Blue, and you know all these other things, and you're like, all right, well, how do we handle the church's budget? How do we? Is it just 100% goes to debt and nothing else? And you know, even if you follow Dave Ramsey, right? There's what the baby steps. Yeah. At the end is when you're paying off your house, right? Yep. It's not like we have a credit card debt or something like we're doing that. Well, you're also giving to your local right. church as part of his advice through that thing. So we have to make sure that there's a portion of it, even though we have this, you know, debt on these mortgages. Yes. We'd love to pay that off, but we have yeah. to be you We're know, a church. responsible. We're a church. Yeah. yeah. And there are, pe there are people who have needs now. So again, I could just say that when we took the first iteration of the budget to the finance committee, I, I looked around the room and I said, I hate this budget. <laughs> and they asked, they said, why? I said, what I say every time you bring it to me. <laughs> Because every, he said, no, to, it's upside down. You have oh, to look at it. Right. <laughs> it's the magic algebra. Uh, but I said, I said the, the reality is we had to cut so deep on every ministry line. This, we can make it work, but it, it's going to be a terrible year. Um, and what I really appreciate with the finance committee is they came back and said, you need to go back and find out what it's really going to take to do ministry well in 2024. And for a guy, right? I'm going to look at you, Jeff Lucido, and say, here's a guy who runs a business. Uh, this is where that tension of, okay, I know practically what I would do in my business, but I also know this is a church. Yeah. And we have to step out and believe in faith that the Lord will provide what he knows we need. Yeah. Um, which might mean we have to do some, make some, make some assumptions and some, um, some steps of faith to you know, what we want to do, what we feel we're called to do in 2024. And you have going to provide. And the budget is that it's actually yeah. a faith. Uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a document that is going to require the Lord to come through, Yeah, which is really why, I mean, so when, when you're talking about all these kinds of things, if you had a word to say to the congregation or anybody who's involved at harvest, would you say like, what do you want them to do? Obviously, Hey, we should all be generous in our giving. Uh, what else? My biggest thing, I mean, is if you could join us in praying yeah. for the Lord's provision this year, like he has every year. I mean, we've, you've heard some stories here uh, on this podcast of how God's been faithful. Um, and we believe he will be again. We know he'll provide 
we know he'll actually provide what he knows we need. Mm-hmm. Um, we think we know what that is, and we're always a little bit off. Um, but just praying for the Lord's provision and, and joining us um, in generosity as you're able as well. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're trying to just uh, hold on to what we've got, though. I mean, it, our discussion so far has been great. It's just I, in my head I'm thinking... I know that because because I'm in the middle of it. I know the stuff that like we're trying to do, right. and the the churches that we want to plant, especially mm-hmm. the leaders that we're looking to train, so that we can have an influence in uh, churches both around Chicago land and nationally and internationally. Uh, and the numbers, I mean, just the vast numbers of people uh, near our campuses who don't know Jesus, and uh, there are lots of people, especially in the culture these days, who's, who might have a fleeting fancy with Christianity, but they're not rooted in Scripture, and they're not, uh, the, the Bible, if you go to churches these days, the Bible's really not preached. And so the kind of form of ministry that we want to do, we think that it will root people deeply so they finish the race of faith. So we think what we're trying to do is, like, super, super, super valuable. Right. And we're trying to expand it while having all of these pressures on it. And I don't know. I'm just talking out of my... I, Lots of tensions. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just desperately... I, what I desperately want people to see and to know is that, man, we, we are uh, really excited about what the Lord can do and is, is doing. And it's going to be in his time. My problem is I want it done yesterday. Yep. And I think all of us do. It's just we, we, we look at these budgets and we look at the debts and stuff. And we think, man, if we didn't have to pay the interest on that, really do you nice. know how many leaders we could train beyond what we're doing? Do you know how many churches could be planted beyond what we're doing? you know how much more we could support the Chicago Partnership beyond what we're doing? And do you know how much we could actually be in partnership with these guys who are planting churches in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the Caribbean and in mm-hmm. Europe and places where like the gospel is like legitimately not proclaimed. I mean, I come from Canada and there are places in Canada where like small towns, smallish towns, like 10,000 people towns where there's not a single church that proclaims the gospel. Not one. Wow. People have to drive hours to go to a gospel preaching church. Mm. That's crazy. I can tell you a handful. The city of Vancouver has got what? Three, three million people. I can tell you a handful of churches wow. that proclaim Christ faithfully. That's crazy. And I mean, we want to be a part of that solution Yeah, and we have vision to do it and stuff. We just, we just need, uh, yeah, the Lord provide. And that's why we pray yep. and we want him to, we want him to come through and he will in his way. It's just, yeah, I think I know best. <laughs> Which is great. Um, later on though, along those lines <clears throat> in 2024, Charter, we have talked, uh, quite a bit about, uh, like because we have all of these things that we're really excited about in terms of mission, almost entirely about mission and making disciples, we've been trying to figure out, right. How how do we get everybody on board with this? And so some of that's communication of the, of the vision and stuff, which we're putting together now uh, with the communications plan and all that kind of stuff. But some of it is also like, all right, we need to have an activity a campaign of some sort to get everybody together so that we all know what we're doing now. And uh, so that is a possibility for the end of this year. And by that, I mean like we're going to be asking people to make 
commitments financially over the next three years, whatever, yeah. uh, to to see the Lord both provide in their lives so that the church can be provided for, but also so that we can see some of the things that we're really excited about happen. Yeah. A couple of reasons for that, if I if I can jump in on that. Um, I would say the, the biggest one, which you'll hear regularly said at Harvest, is, is discipleship. Um, Jeff, I think I've heard you say it. It's, um, you know, money is, is the biggest idol that, that sits, stands in the way of people's faith. And so a campaign, it, the, the goal isn't to say, hey, we want to raise X dollars for, for harvest. The goal is, first of all, discipleship and helping people to release that idol in their lives. Um, so a campaign, so this is a really good point. The campaign itself is a way uh, to address some of the challenges we ourselves face mm-hmm. when it comes to holding on to our money. One of the ways that God has actually given us to be free from the, the love of money is the, the regular act of uh, giving it back to him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's exciting. I mean, that excites me a lot. Um, so in I, other words, a, a campaign is, yes, it is to raise the finance. Yeah. But more than that, even if you don't raise the full amount that you're looking for, the, the idea that you're, you're doing it is, is uh, what you're asking people to do is to take a step of faith that's going to grow their discipleship in Jesus. Yeah. Yep. On the other side, on the, on the, the church receiving side, um, when we talk about debt, and I'll, I'll just say one of the things that excites me a little bit thinking about a campaign is have you ever heard of a mortgage burning? Uh, I, I would love to actually take our mortgage on this Rolling Meadows property and be able to, to burn it up at the end of the campaign and say, that's <laughs> the paid last off. time I was at a burning. It was all my rock <laughs> CDs that I had that I wasn't supposed to have. Is that, is that I, what we're doing? ACDC. I was going to say, <laughs> we're going to do with all your Metallica albums yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> and Taylor Swift. Absolutely. Just so there's a lot of, a lot of exciting things I think that can happen with the financial side, um, as far as additional leadership development efforts and church planting efforts and a mortgage burning. But you, yeah, money. part of that. So um, it will probably be separate. A capital campaign will probably be separated into about kind of four buckets or that kind of thing, where these are the four kind of goals that we're after. One is going to be we're going to retire that mortgage on uh, Rolling Meadows yeah. so that the church owns it free and clear, which is actually a really great, quite honestly, investment given the the the, the possibilities of property around Rolling Meadows uh, yeah. being used for all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's the kind of property you'd want to own. Yeah, right. Yeah, given the future the value. Yep. So that also probably some a, a lot of missions money going out, you know, to missions. Yep. Uh, we 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 believe in the school as well and some of the challenges that they have. But so we we kind of lump them in the missions bucket. It yep. is it is an out it is an outside at Harvest Bible Chapel way for us to actually disciple people in a very deep right. deep way. Yeah. Um, to trying to grow that ministry and see all that kind of thing happen. And then there's a couple of others that we've kind of had our eyes on to say, all right, yeah. we'd, we'd like to see these things happen as well. Hospitality. Yes. Improvements on the campuses. Yes. But there's a number of ideas yeah. um, that we'll all get. Well, you need to have a, like a barn where you can charge e-bikes. That's true. You know, like if it rains. Yes. Well, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> like, like exciting fir- things. This that's is what we're like talking about. This. <laughs> that's like the first yeah. thing. <laughs> an e-bike well I, I listen i can't live with just one e-bike what are you talking about we might even put an aquarium in that shed 
my goodness. <laughs> yes. Oh, my word. That's terrible. How are you on this committee? Yeah, no, it's, it's true. <laughs> but it's I like true. your ideas. I like how your mind works. I've had some while. I had an idea to buy a Christmas tree farm early on. You did. Did yes. you? Yeah. I can't remember, I remember why. This. It was not approved. <laughs> it was this the, is on a video, too, I believe. I think we were thinking, how do we... Uh, find more areas. And I said, are there any trees on the camp harvest? Can we start a Christmas tree farm yeah, nice. and start selling the trees? Yes. Nice. That's how we were digging deep. It was yeah. like when you were like, look yeah. under the couches, we got to go to the so grocery store. In, <laughs> in New Zealand, uh, most pe- uh, there's a lot of people who have their retirement in, in a property that produces trees. Cause in New Zealand, because of the climate, the trees there will mature. I think after 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, something like that. So you can invest in you can invest in a property, start growing the trees, and get a payout that's like a couple million dollars wow. for the tree for the trees. Maybe once and maybe twice in your life, depending on how early you buy the property. But there are a lot of people in their forties who are like, "Nah, I'm going to buy that piece of property, and we're going to plant trees, and they're going to get two million dollars at the end." Wow! See, Which I is, feel like <laughs> if he was on the finance committee back in the day, we we would we would. We own some trees. This yeah. place would be a forest right <laughs> here, <laughs> right now. Yeah. In the middle of rolling meadows. So is there anything else that we have left out into in a discussion about all of these things that you would like to add? This is your last chance. No? I don't think so. No? All right. Anything? Lucido? Um, well, if you haven't signed up for automatic faithfulness, make sure you, you sign up. Yeah. You know, stop making the choice. You know, we don't pass the offering plate around since COVID and it's like, we talk about giving money. So, you know, I think it's smart. Like don't, don't have to worry about making a choice to give every time, like set it up, let it be automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That'd Cause be we, my for- commercial. we forget about it. And there's a lot of people, you know, like when they see the thing on the screen, they're like, Oh yeah, I gotta do that. I gotta yeah. do that. Yeah. But if you, if you don't make a, uh, if you don't make a regular practice of it, uh, you, you won't practice it. Yeah, you won't. You might do it every once in a while, and the amount that you'll do at that every once in a while will be pretty paltry. Yeah, and it's just another discipline in life—a discipline of the Christian life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, again, and I'm on the finance committee. So you're attacking. No, but you are attacking one of the gods of the culture. It really yeah. is. You know, like in the Old Testament, they used to say, you know, tear down the Asherah poles, right? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what this is. It's basically tearing down the Asherah pole of money every time you give. You're like, Lord. This is yours. Yep. It's not mine. It's yours, and therefore, and I and I don't trust it to provide for me what I what I need. I trust you to provide for me what I need. So I'm going to give as generously as I can, even sacrificially, and trust that you're going to provide my every need. And the Lord does; He will. And that's part of the challenge, of course, Charlotte. Is that you know those of us who've who've seen the Lord work in our lives when it, as it pertains to money, like the reason that we tell people to give if people are like, well, you just want my money. No, I desperately want what giving your money will give you (laughs) to a freedom from this and a joy in Christ and a, you know, your faith growing because you should see how the Lord can be trusted. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm reading a book right now called happily generous. Uh, And I think that's just a really good, even just a two word phrase of the joy that, that comes from it, from recognizing this isn't mine. Right. And I'm just going to give it back. Right. Anyway, so great to talk to you guys. Thank you so much, Sita, for being here. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff in the corner. And 
I'm Jeff. Talk to you next time.